Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back, baby. For one week only, we're going to have to rename the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast into its new name just for this week. The You Like That Feels Great Baby, They Wrote Me Off But I Ain't Right Back podcast. This week's guest, Seahawks and A's super fan, Evan Stenholm. No relation. Uh, he's actually no. I'm just kidding. No, no. It's my brother Evan Stenholm. Welcome to the show. Only our second guest in the history of the show. You have to be so proud to be on this esteemed uh, program. I am. I just want to take the time to thank you know two titans of the the sports podcasting industry here uh, for allowing me and and doing this charity work because I want to sincerely apologize for bringing someone of my status and reputation onto the show to sully it. So I apologize in advance, but thank you for doing this charity work and allowing me to be here. Yeah. You know, sometimes we like to reach out into the community and just, you know, do the right thing. And we wanted to bring, you know, someone who you needed the, the reputation boost onto this esteemed podcast. So uh, the, the reason that we're bringing Evan on is we absolutely have to have a very big discussion this week as, you know, you two being the biggest sports fans I know in the world, it is time to have some big discussions. This is unfortunately perhaps the worst time in our sports lives. Uh, so I want to set, set the stage for this roundtable discussion, basically on the challenges of being a sports fan in 2023. Um, the number one nightmare scenario in all of sports for Evan and I, and it's probably right at the top there for Joey, is your team being taken from you. And it looks like after the events of today where... You know, John Fisher appears to have paid off the Nevada legislature and a bunch of lobbyists. It appears that the A's move to Las Vegas is essentially a done deal. Yes, there are a couple logistical hoops that they have to jump through from this point involving the governor's signature, MLB owners approving it. I I guess Steinbrenner came out today and said he may be voting against it. So there may be a slight chance there. But for all intents and purposes, it looks like the A's days in Oakland are essentially going to be over either at the end of the 23 season or perhaps they'll do one more year at the Coliseum next year. So it's devastating news. I had to bring you guys on. We had to do this discussion. Obviously, I wish we could be talking about, oh, OTAs and minicamps are starting for NFL teams. Let's preview all the divisions. We'll get to that at some point. But in this podcast, we got to talk about some tough stuff that's happened in sports over the past few months. So let's start with Joey. Um, Look, as someone who... I am 100% in tune with all the stuff that's going on with the A's. I'm not ashamed to admit I called into the Nevada State Senate last week and just absolutely shit on Fisher and Cavill. Uh, It was cathartic more than anything. I I knew where this was going. As someone who's viewing it from a little bit further back, what are your feelings on the A's leaving the Bay Area as it's essentially a done deal now? This team from your childhood is moving to Las Vegas. First off, Evan, you know, great to have a long-time listener, first-time caller on the show, you know. <laughs> Actually, probably turned down 14 requests to be on the show, but whatever, he's too big for us. Uh, being, a, you know, saving lives, way, way more important than what I'm doing. Um, no, I mean, is yeah, like you said, it's, it's the sports fan's greatest fear, like your team moving. Um, you think it's like your team sucking, like, oh, they'll never, you never really think they're going to move, like, but I think I talked about it on the last podcast we did. It's just like probably the biggest reminder that this is like fantasy land. Like it is just big, you know, Sims city, like build your character, build your world, like, and then you just move it. And for the people that are the 
the backbone of these billion dollar industries are people like us. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's you, you feel very small really. Like mm-hmm. you think about how much time, money, emotion, you know, you've spent on a team and for it to just, I, I mean, I've never been this close to like a team, obviously, you know, they, my favorite baseball team, but you know, seeing other teams move and like either, you know, just completely just disintegrate. Like it feels just like the sloppiest mm-hmm. of them all. I don't know why. Maybe it's just cause it, I am the closest, but like, I don't remember just other teams I'm thinking that have moved. Like, I know I'm sure if you ask like St. Louis, they're pretty, they, they would think Cronky and the Rams were pretty, you know, sloppy. You know, I'm sure if you ask like, I don't know who else has moved recently. I mean, the, people like the will Chargers, bring up but the Chargers and Raiders, Raiders, and I going back to the Expos. Yeah, but the the I just one feel like the that, Raiders have moved like four times. I feel like in my life, I I just feel like that's just they kind of are the nomads. Like right. I know as much as people in Oakland want to, they're Oakland, but they I mean they really have been up and down California multiple times. I, I mean it sucks. It sucks. Big giant balls for Raider fans, but. Like, I guess I'm not too surprised about them. The Chargers, like, I mean, people are making fun of them being cheap the whole time. But mm-hmm. I just feel like with the A's, it's just like it really has been, like you were texting me, you think about it, like just not spending the money and, like, just, just I mean, so obviously running the team into, mm-hmm. into the ground and then driving a bus over it. I don't know. It's just – it feels it, – it, it's sad. It, I mean, it, it sucks. But and I think what – separates it from recent relocations so like the rams from st louis to la the chargers from san diego to la um is football teams are very national like the raiders moving around doesn't really do much because they're gonna sell out every game every game's gonna be on national tv the local market only has radio like you don't have your local you know tv announcers and all these local things that tie the team there other than like these eight times a year where you're actually there at the game. What sucks about this is baseball is a community sport. And Evan, you and I know this better than anybody. We've probably been to, I don't know, at least 200 games each at the Coliseum. This yeah. is our I bet thing. it's more than that. It's got to be more oh, it than is, that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely. It, it's like a, a huge lot more. number. And we're, you know, this is a community thing. This is a Bay Area thing. This is an East Bay thing that's being ripped away from us. And, I mean, obviously there was the reverse boycott last night, which really, in in essence, was like a celebration of life, like a final moment of joy at the Coliseum because they knew this thing was coming to an end. So um, as someone who's been an A's fan from birth, who's been to a million games, Ev, what was it like hearing this news, watching last night's game? Obviously, the emotions are very complicated. Yeah, I mean, this this is, as a sports fan, it's kind of uncharted waters for, for us, at least. And like you were saying, Joey, there are other fan bases that have gone through this. But because it happens to someone else, you always think, oh, that's sad for them. But it's you can't really relate to it. But now it's just a gut punch. Like, this is a team that, you know, for as long as I can remember, some of my earliest memories are going to A's games. One of my, I think I was seven years old when I was there for the 20 game win streak and was there at game 19 to see Miguel Tejada through a five man infield. I have memories, you know, going to the upper part of the first deck uh, where they had the handicap section going with, with our grandparents, Santa and Nana. Um, every single year of my life, I've been to an A's game. 
and not just one ace game a lot of them mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's it's not even like it's a sports team it's it's a part of your identity at this point like i if people ask me like what i who i am as a person one of the first things that comes out is i'm an ace fan as sad as that is to say recently but it i was gonna say that like yeah like that's such a good point because you know you have all these oh, we have grew up in the social media area, you know we have all these about me's your bio right what's the first thing we all put like people say like oh i'm an american or like oh i drive chevys or like i'm a whatever i'm a like i'm i I'm from wherever, or like I worship whatever, yeah, or like I'm I conservative I, or liberal, yeah. Like I'm whatever. It's like not only has it been the first thing; it's usually when I had social media. I don't anymore, but that was the only thing I would put on. And I was trying to, you know, I was texting Eric last night. He was asking me why the hell I was watching hockey last night, but I just said like, I go back to this this. Uh, uh, the shark sent me a survey a couple years ago when when they were like really like, why the hell is no one coming to the game? Like it's really simple. You suck balls um, <laughs> and it's expensive. Um, they like, you know, your feelings about towards the team. And they asked me like, what do you feel? And it was like emotions. It felt like it was like, not like a, Oh, do you wish tickets were cheaper? It was like, what do you feel? And I was trying to tell her like, I, you know, I love football, you know, love watching the Niners. Like it's cool. It gives like all this emotion. Like when I see a, a Niner fan, like you said, it's very national. It's like, Oh, it's like, Hey, what's up, man? Like you're cool. When I see a guy in a shark's hat, I think I know that guy. Like, I think he's family. Like it's, and I'm sure that's what it is, you know, for you guys with ACE. I mean, I talk like I was an ACE. I still am, but I, I just, with everything that's happened and just, just general, the sport is just not as exciting as I, I used to. Jamie be and I were, were, in it's like, you port- see an ACE fan. You're like, Oh my God, let's shake hands. Let's like have a beer. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're walking yeah. down the road and it's like, that is over. Jamie like, and I were in Newport Beach a couple weeks ago, and we were going to go get some breakfast, and I saw a guy in, like, an authentic mint Ricky Henderson jersey, and I was like, I have to just go talk to him. If he had been wearing literally any other shirt in the world, I would have not even noticed him. But I was like, I have to go to talk to him because that's my guy right there. And that's what Evan's hitting at is, like, this is a part of our identity because it's been happening since we were little kids. Both of our first baseball games we ever went to in our life 1999, uh, it was against the Orioles. It was Cal Ripken was playing for the Orioles. Matt Stairs hit a game-winning homer, Mm -hmm. and Evan and I were there with our grandma and grandpa, my dad and mom, and my uncle. And we were all sitting at the back of one of those sections, 120, 121, where they had the handicap seating so my grandpa could join us. And I will always remember that. It was like, I remember, you know, my grandpa telling me, hey, you know, that's Cal Ripken Jr. He's one of the best shortstops of all time. And you know, watching this A's team and, hey, this is my team. You know, it's not like, I mean, obviously I love the Vikings and I love the Sharks, but this is my team that I've been to hundreds of games for. So it's like this has been a forged part of my identity, you know, since I was a kid. When I was in, you know, uh, junior high and high school, like I would be A's guy to a lot of people, like the guy that just wears green and yellow every day to school. And I know Ev's had a similar experience. And Joey's the Sharks guy. He wears his freaking Danny Heatley jersey to school every day. Like that's just what we were. And that's what people see us as. And it's like, you know, this is, you know, a part of us that's being ripped away and it's devastating. And it's like, we'll have this discussion as we get further into the podcast, but I keep getting this overarching feeling that as I get older, it's not necessarily me getting more jaded. It is the influence of, you know, corporate 
interests and special interests and billionaires who've been given their money from, you know, trust funds and inheritance that are just playing with all of this as if it's just not even real. And it, it really does sully what used to be something that, you know, we all valued very highly in our lives. And it's a lot of different things working together in unison that's just making this a really shitty experience for East Bay sports fans, for St. Louis football fans, for San Diego football fans, for Montreal baseball fans, for basketball fans in Vancouver, Seattle, all these places that lost their teams because of this corporate greed. It's just, it's devastating and it makes you want to not focus upon sports. But as we'll get to later, it's very difficult for us to give this up because it's our favorite thing in the world. But uh, we got to talk about another topic here. We'll obviously get back to the A's uh, here in a little bit. But Joey, we were texting yesterday. I was always devastated every time the Giants won the World Series 2010, 12, and 14 because I fucking hate the Giants and always have and always will. You had your version of that yesterday with the Golden Knights winning the Cup. And I can't believe you just sat there and watched the whole thing. Like, oh my God, why would you put yourself through it, dude? I still love it. As, as ridiculous <laughs> as that is, I, you know, I thought in 2012 when the LA Kings won was the worst. I mean, when I was a, I was a big Ace fan, like, like you were when the Giants won, and that, and that sucked. But I, I. It wasn't as hard for me as like seeing the Kings win, and then especially when they won again two years later after they came back against the Sharks when they blew it down. Or when the Seahawks won in 2013. No, well, no, because I remember that again, one a little differently. It's, it's it's well, I mean that sucks, but like it that's just a tough loss. Like this just feels like bigger than that, which I don't know how to explain anything other, mostly because it's it's hockey. And the thing about the night, like the Niners is very different because a lot of people always love to say, well, like the Niners are still, even though I haven't seen one shit of it, the Niners are still like considered like a championship team, five times Super Bowls. I'm like, when the hell did that happen? I haven't seen it. <laughs> like I got no part in that. But like the thing like the Sharks have carried around for now 32 years is they're like the exact opposite, like choke job, like just bums, like when it, when it matters. And, and so like, the only thing I had was like, if just so-and-so team just couldn't win, I'll feel better about myself. Like so-and-so, so so, like LA had never won. Be like, oh, we've, we've gone forever without winning, but then LA won. This is so much worse. Like (laughs) six years and they have just become an absolute powerhouse. And like, I'm going to, I'm just be very complimentary. I mean, what they have built in six years. I mean, if you saw the, the, the views of like, uh, the strip and everything, I mean, it looks, I mean, it looks unreal. It looks like. What, what just, what an unreal atmosphere. I, and the, th- the thing was, is you watched, you watched the stuff last night and like everyone's, it's a party. It's, it's pure fake. It's a party. I'm like, no one's crying. I'm like, dude, I, I would, I'd be rolling with the mayonnaise on the bottom of the SAP center floor crying. If the sharks ever had anything like that happen <laughs> and everyone's like, woo, high five. This is so much fun. I'm like, it's just been nothing but fun except for like, sorry guys, one ser like about, about five minutes in one game. <laughs> In the second year. Other than that, it's literally been like, I know they missed the playoffs last year. Like, oh, my God, sky is falling. (laughs) And it's like, but we talk about the A's with ownerships, right? Vegas has a a great owner. I mean, when he bought the team, he said, 
we're going to win in six years. And he put his money everywhere his mouth could possibly put it. Mm-hmm. And they won in six years. And that is like, wow. Like, he cares. I think Hasso cares. But I never see him. He never... This guy's at, like... The Vegas guy's at a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, pays for everything. First-class facility. I'm sure first-class weight room, bathroom, whatever. You know, there's not shit coming out of the toilets, like at the Coliseum. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's it's... I mean... Ownership it, clearly matters. It, the guy it, also built that stadium without a dime of public money. Yeah, it should be pointed. No, three hundred plus million dollars of public money gone to that one. Yeah, I talked to a couple friends who live in Nevada this week. It was like, how do you feel about your tax money going towards that A stadium? And they brought up what a lot of the people who dissented against that vote brought up that if the Golden Knights could do it without a dime of public money, and they're this massive success why can't you guys do it and the answer is john i still not to just get back to the a's but i still just don't understand why vegas wants them like they would they have to know they're getting an expansion team Mm -hmm. why would you settle for this schmuck that's the thing and i think it's just straight up crony capitalism where john fisher you texted you texted me like oh he paid him off and i was just thinking like i know people say that all the time but what does that look like does it come in a duffel bag (laughs) <laughs> like, does some guy just call you and... You like, just hire lobbyists who essentially just communicate to the governor for you so that there's no crime committed. And they basically told the governor of Nevada, Joe Lombardo, hey, get this thing passed. Here's a blank check on all this shit that you want. You know, get this thing passed. And all of a sudden, all these people, including the guy who grilled Dave Cavill last week, flipped their I votes. I saw that. Don't, he flipped his I vote immediately. That. You know... These spineless. He's like, it's a yes or no question. Answer it. Yeah. He's the only one that, like, tried to hold Cavill's feet to the fire. And yet, I look today, like, his his tweet's like, this is a great deal for Las Vegas. Look at all the jobs it's creating. It's like, dude, are you serious? Like, yeah. Like, how much was that check? It's just unbelievable. And the craziest thing, I obviously, I've learned more than I ever care to know about Nevada politics over the last two weeks is all of these people have jobs. This job as a state representative or senator there, that's their, like, part-time job that they do for, like, three or four months a year. So these are all people who are, like, like that guy Donate. He's like a he's like a teacher or something. I'm like, of course, if John Fisher goes, hey, vote yes, I'll give you $100,000, he'll be like, absolutely. You know, that this is just how politics goes, and it's devastating. But the point we were making is ownership matters. You know, Vegas went from not having any sports teams to having the probably number one organization in the NHL right now, just because they have a top flight owner. And that's, you know, it's sick. I mean, there's the original six. If you talk like, I mean, just like, I don't want to say prestigious, but like you have the original six, there's maybe like a couple other teams. I mean, they're easily a top 10, like just brand in the NHL. I'm not going to say like, right. You know, the history and everything, but they're a top 10 brand. I mean, they're, I know that like we were, you're saying the TV rays are probably terrible. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're always terrible. It's hockey, but the like Vegas actually rates pretty well. Like, so if the, the ratings were terrible, that's Florida, that's Florida. Cause Vegas actually draws decently. Right. Um, but just, I mean, the building's always packed. I mean, I, I went to the sharks at first ever regular season game there years ago. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's unreal. Other than the Sharks losing, um, it's it's great. So I'm super yet, happy. 
super happy. Last night was fun. <laughs> Why the I hell just... did Jonathan Quick get the cut before Aiden Hill? Yeah, what How does that happen? deal with that? <laughs> it's very strange. I only watched, I mean, obviously I watched the A's game from start to finish yesterday because I just had to. It was like a cathartic release to watch and it was, you know, like one last good moment at the Coliseum, but I did flip over a couple times. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget watching Ovi lift the cup. That was awesome when Ovechkin finally got, I mean, that was like, it felt like a cool moment. And when the Nuggets won the other night, I watched that whole celebration because you like to see you know, I wanted to see Jokic, you know, and all he, he didn't want to be there. <laughs> no, he didn't want to be. He's like, no, I saw I his post game thing when he was like, he's like, oh, I get to go home. They're like, no, you got the parade. He's like, what day? Thursday? Goes, what? What day is the parade? They're like, Thursday. He's like, I have to get back to my horses. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you want to talk about a guy who like, he's just like the best in the world at his job, but he's like, when am I off the clock? Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, the NBA you, needs more of him. Yeah, they mean, need more of him, yeah. more of Giannis, more of Steph Curry, these guys that stick with the organization and try to ride it out and win instead of hopping from team to team. But that's a discussion for another day. Ev, we brought you on the podcast also because we've alluded to this over the last six months, um, just talking about your feelings about the Seahawks when we inevitably shit on Russell Wilson, as we're no, prone to do on this pod. We're going to give I've, you a I've little noticed. bit of the... We're going to give you a little bit of the floor here to defend your guy, Russ. Obviously, in this large discussion of the reasons we're having trouble with sports here in 2023 and as we get older is, you know, you are the biggest Seahawks fan in the world, but your fandom was tested big time last year with the trade of Russell Wilson, booing him on opening day, the way the teammates talked about him, the the way that whole thing went down. So give us your take on what it's like to be a Seahawks fan now, given that your favorite player of all time, the one player who brought you guys a Super Bowl, was kind of summarily thrown out of Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so weird seeing this guy that like I'm I'll be the first, I'm a Russell Wilson stan. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> and that's okay, by the way. That's thank, okay. Thank, I, it's it feels like <laughs> therapy talking about it because. <laughs> no one seems to like Russell. Like everyone decided in one off season, fuck Russell Wilson. Oh, he goes to take care of the kids at the hospital. He goes every two. Fuck that. He's a cornball. <laughs> it's like just all that went out the window, and suddenly I had to go into hiding as a Russell Wilson fan. But it was just so weird for me having this guy, and especially this kind of ties into the A's thing too. As an A's fan, I'm not used to having a player for more than like four years that I can love. Mm-hmm. Like my jerseys for the A's swap every three years because they're just they're gone. I Russell never Wilson. even had an A's jersey because <laughs> of that reason. The you, only jerseys I had were the ones they gave away for free, like those <laughs> little whatever mesh things. I think I might have had one that was like a that had no name on the back, but honestly, that's the best bet you can ever make. <laughs> I just like it is true. Like I I buy jerseys just as much as any sports fan and. Mm-hmm. Never bought an A's one. I'm like, who the hell am I putting on the back here? Somehow Anyways, the, the last the last one I got was Ramon Laureano, which thanks to you know steroid suspensions, he's uh, he's the only one left on the team. So <laughs> my one good sports investment for jerseys. But yeah, with, with Russ, like he's this guy where again as an A's fan, I'm not used to having players around that I can love and start to really appreciate. And as I can say, oh, that's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer as a Hall of Famer with my team, and he was the face of the Seattle Seahawks for 10 years. And 
pretty much, I, I know a lot of people didn't like him because of the foreign ball stuff and everything, and I got that, but you only heard smatterings of that occasionally. It was always like, oh yeah, he's he's corny, but I mean, you can't argue with how he plays, look how good he is. And then mm -hmm. to have him be traded and then summarily hated by seemingly everyone in one season was just such a whirlwind for me, because it's like, here's this it's like being in a 10-year relationship and suddenly, like, everyone says, oh, this guy's bad for you. It's like, well, when <laughs> did that happen? <laughs> like, what, what, what am I These last 10 years, that one Super Bowl I have, did, did it mean anything? I don't even know anymore. But it, it's just, it's been so bizarre because I try to support the Seahawks and Russell Wilson still. But it feels like doing that I'm being pulled in two completely different directions. Because like, like Eric was saying, that first game where he goes back to Seattle, I have very mixed emotions. I'm like, oh, I'm sure the Seahawks are going to treat him well. The fans are going to give him a round of applause. They boo the living shit out of him. Like, and <laughs> it was, it, I remember texting you when that happened. It was so far beyond surreal because I expected him to run out of the tunnel. Of and it I was would be, proud of him. I mean, I thought it would be thunderous applause and maybe like a, you know, tip of the helmet before kickoff. And then, you know, it would get what it was the second he stepped on the field, thunderous booze. And I texted you right when that happened, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like you see, like the, the St. Louis Cardinals give a standing ovation to Stephen Piscotti when he comes back after playing like two seasons there. This guy got Seattle their like first championship since the Sonics and has been the <laughs> face of Seattle sports for years. First game, first opportunity back, he's like public enemy number one. It was just the, the weirdest start to the season. And by the end of the season, I kind of started to get over it a bit. But it it really, like, to be perfectly honest, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I didn't... Like, like I didn't Russ did? Really or, like, or like the people <laughs> talking crap about his, him? His, his play left a bad taste in my mouth, like, but also the people talking But like, But if I was a Seahawks fan, I wouldn't, I, I'd be like, you know, I'd want you to do well, but I wouldn't care. Like, you're not on my team anymore. You know? Yeah, and it's, I, I, get, I get that. And there's like, a if I was a Hawks fan, like, I'd be more upset if, if, the, if the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we, we did absolutely fleece them in that trade, so that was a nice part of like, it. Like, yeah, you get the best of both worlds. You got him, he's great, and then as soon as he started playing like shit, look at all those picks we got. And we're better. It's, I mean, it's true, but like, yeah, it, it's I, that's the thing. Like, because there's no possible way you you would have rather had him on the team. There's no way. With I mean, with no with how Gino played, I can't say I would have. With how he played, but that, that, again, that was that just goes into like the whole whirlwind about it. Was everyone thought when that trade happened? I, I don't care who it is. Every single person thought, "Oh my God, what the Seahawks are doing is just a travesty." Like we're yeah. getting. They're, they're going to have Geno fucking Smith be the head yeah. of this team. He's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. I, no one could have predicted that. By the end of the season, like, Seahawks looked like geniuses. But at the time, it's like, oh, my God, what? We just traded it was the best player banned. on the team for, you know, some so we need some picks and everything. I get that. Granted, with Pete and John, how they draft, it's a little questionable sometimes. But they knocked it out of the park last year. Not anymore. Yeah, I know they they decided to revert back to their 2012 selves and finally learn how to draft again. Basically, basically they 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 it's been one year and like you could unequivocally say they're like, yeah, we were right. Yeah, like this was us. Yeah, like you know, I'm glad we're talking about this because 
I'm not going to say I've thought about it a lot in my own time. I don't think about Russell Wilson when I'm on the couch watching, you know, <laughs> whatever. But I really thought about it, and I honestly, like even me, who literally, he's not a hockey player, but he's probably up there like top five, like most hated players ever for me, <laughs> ever. Like any sport, like. And the other ones are all probably hockey players who play against the Sharks. It's, he might be the only football I've hated like this much. And it had nothing to do with his personality. Like, like if you're an opposing fan, you're like, I don't care if he's a cornball. He like eludes a sack, almost falls. And then like throws a lollipop a hundred yards down the field. And it's a touchdown. It's perfect. Like every time you're just like, you're just like, I just like your jaws. On you're just like, I, I don't even know how he does it. Like Brady, Brady beats you or like Peyton Manning beats you. It's like, Oh, he's slicing and dicing. Russell Wilson's like spin around eight times, like almost gets sacked. <laughs> And then, like, you know, let's ride. And then lollipop to either, like, DK, uh, Golden Lockett. Tate. It's been, yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah. Doug, Doug Baldwin. Baldwin. Whoever, whoever yeah. it is on the other side, of it, it's always, like, boop. And it's, like, touchdown. It's, like, dude, I'm so sick of this. I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> but then even me was, like, I feel bad for this guy. Like, like this – I feel like – I feel like as fans and as just honestly as people, like, we cross, we cross the line. With Russell Wilson. And, like, he's a cornball. Like, the only thing I could say that I still don't get that bothers me is, like, why were so many of his teammates, like, they didn't like him? Like, I don't care if you, me, first take, whoever's talking about, like, doesn't like him, but why does, like, every single person on the team not like you, it seems like? And, like, that was the thing, too, about that game. After the game, like, he was, like, he hugged DK Metcalf. I remember post game, he's like, DK is like one of my best friends ever. I'm like, really? I mean, I know like he played with him like a year or two. Like, I don't ever see you with him. I was like, do you have like other friends from like childhood or like anything? And like, I'll tell, I would text Eric and be like, you know, he always goes to the game. I'm glad he's got, he seems like he got his loving and supporting wife, but like, he's never at like, you know, I don't know, Mariner games with, like, his his offensive line. I, I don't – not that that is everything. Like, that – I was just like, that's always odd. But, like, I read stuff about him, and I don't know. You probably read about this, Evan. You probably already know about it. But that, that, that like, um, he's not a therapist, but that, like, life coach he had that died. Mm. Did you hear about that? Know that? No, I didn't I'm hear sure about you this. You didn't? No. So if you look at this guy, this guy who used to work for the Niners, he was their media guy. His name's Joe Fan. He now works for – Seattle. Okay. You probably follow him on Twitter. Or something. <laughs> um, I used to follow him, but then he's like, I'm going to Seattle. I'm like, eh, unfollow. Um, <laughs> he was like, he, 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 he uh, talked about this story that came out that this is his like life coach. That Russell Wilson has used his entire career ever since his dad died. I think his dad died. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy was like, like yeah. pivotal. Sorry. Talk to him. Like, like, this guy was his best man, his dad, his or his father figure. Like, literally, he went to e- him about everything. And he died, like, mid-2021. So, like, it was the year, I think, or maybe it was COVID year. It was the one that they lost to the Rams at home in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I think they yeah. went 12-4, and four, won was, the division. Was, I think that was 2020. I, yeah. think, I think the guy passed away, like, in November, early December. And, like, after that, Russell Wilson just was not the same. He struggled for, like, mentally, like, how to, like, um, I don't know if it was just mentally, spiritually, whatever it was. He was, like, completely lost. And he has not found it since. And you just watch him and the way he talks. 
he's very like self-affirmative and it almost looks like he's trying to convince him of something because he doesn't have like I'm somebody who's been to therapy most of my like high school like whatever been to it like like the, the way they coach you how to like kind of like retrain your brain it almost sounds like he's trying to do that on his own without like a guy he really, really trusts. That's just, I could be totally mistaken, but I heard that story and was like the, his whole, like let's ride like this. Every, like he always, like every single game they're like, Russ, you threw like eight picks, like 50 yards. Like you don't even look like, you know what team you're on like post game. He's like, yo, we're just going to correct it. And you know, positive attitude and let's ride. And everyone just wants him to throw a chair or like, <laughs> just say like, like I sucked ass today yeah. and he just won't. Like, just in his mind, he just does not believe he should ever say that. And, like, his fans were like, dude, this guy's such a cornball. Like, what? This guy doesn't get it. And I'm like, just I – t- I took a step. I'm like, I think this guy's really struggling. And I read that story. I'm like, this has got to be it. Like, mm-hmm. I – it's, it's a big reason why I, I'm not sure he, he ever finds, like, his peak self, which maybe he does it because he's just older. But I was like, I feel really bad for him because he's – I mean, he – I've never seen an athlete who didn't commit a – crime get put through the laundry like yeah. he did last the whole season he he, he somehow and, managed to become public enemy number one over deshaun watson last year like that is wild yeah like that's wild <laughs> like we have one person like, sexually assault 26 women it's like oh yeah he's terrible but look he's back in the nfl now his suspension's over let's just let him play russell wilson every week it's like it's the russell wilson let's talk about how shitty he played this week <laughs> Like, like when he when he did high knees on the plane to London. See, like that stuff, hours. like that stuff. I originally like I probably still do. If you really ask me, like, dude, like, wh- what what was the goal, Russ? If I was like his like life coach, I'd be like, what was the goal to say you do high knees on a private plane? Yeah. What was the goal? But like the fact that he does say some of this stuff and he's so positive, it's like I like just as somebody who has been like tried to go to like therapy, retrain your brain for like whatever it is, stress, anxiety, whatever. If you have like, you know, people have like bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever. I'm not saying I'm no doctor. Maybe you could tell Evan, maybe, you know, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, come on back. like, but I just like, he looks like he is like publicly like every day, nonstop trying to retrain his brain. Yeah. And I find, I just like, I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I honestly feel horrible for this guy. And especially now that he's not playing for Seattle. I'm like, you know what? I hope you, I don't really care if you do super well, but like, I hope you don't get like obliterated every Monday morning by mm. everybody. That just, I, I was just like, wow. Well, as someone like, who's watching that sat wrong for Ev for the last entire year. So I wanted to get your take on, you know, how that affected you as a sports fan, go, seeing Wilson go through what he went through last year after being your favorite athlete in sports for a decade. Mm. It's kind of like a thing too, with, with the Oakland days where I watch sports to enjoy the product on the field like that's it but with the a's you know with ownership and all the move stuff and everything it, it takes a lot of fun out of the sport for me and initially in the beginning of the seahawks season it kind of took a little bit of fun out of me because it's like there's this guy that i love this one player that I could count on but now it's like every single person turned on him and now i'm supposed to move on from like 10 did you years feel that way before it. he started playing i'm just curious how uh, did you feel like post-trade but pre- like the absolute crucifixion of Russell Wilson last so year. So I still, I was going into the season, and I still was, you know, obviously a big Seahawks fan throughout the season, but I went into it like, we're going to probably suck this year, but I'm still going to root for the team to do well, and I'm going to root for Russ to do well. 
Like, it was clear that the relationship between Seattle and Russ was broken. Like, I, I was gonna, I was going to root for both to do well. But then after game yeah. one, it's like, well, damn, we've it's just everything's against Russell Wilson now. So I can, all I have is either being a Seahawks fan or just deciding like, you know, fuck, fuck Russell Wilson. I'm going to join with everyone else and clown on him, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that. Cause again, Oh, I wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't I mean, if I was, a, yeah. I don't know. See, I, I might've, I don't know. I've never, I've never experienced that. Cause all the players that I've loved, like you love him left when they were super old, like mm-hmm. all the guys on the sharks, like, you know, even, I mean, I mean, I mean Burns, Marlowe, Thornton, yeah, Pavelski, Burns, they were all late thirties, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. if Burns, if any one of them, one of those guys would have left like 29, 30, 31. And then this one, um, this one, my, honestly, the Meyer trade was probably the first time in franchise history. They ever were on the other end of one of those. Mm-hmm. Usually they're like, Oh, let's go get Dan Boyle. Let's go get Danny Healy. Let's go get Brent. And then now it's like, we're the guy trading the guy everyone wants. And like, let's all hope these like, four picks and two minor leaguers turn out to be somebody, but like we sucked. So it didn't matter. Like whatever we should have traded Meyer should have traded hurl. It wouldn't. And then Thornton left when he was like 40, you know? So it's, it's different. And like the Niner guys, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that's like Jimmy. I mean, I'll miss Jimmy. I'll miss his pretty face, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm not, I'm not nearly as like you were, for, uh, should I be for like you were for Russ? Um, yeah. yeah, but it, obviously, you know, it made it extremely challenging for Evan to follow his team last year. And, you know, I, I want to, before we get to that big discussion, uh, and then we'll go to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the week after that, I want to bring up one more thing that I just wanted to talk about that's also making it very difficult to be a sports fan right now. And that's what happened last week, last Tuesday, when the mother of all sports info bombs dropped in the morning. I texted this to Joey and a lot of my friends who I play golf with, and I was like, can you believe that PGA and Liv are merging? This is nuts. Almost, to a man, almost all of them said, is that the onion? I'm like, no, that's a real story. That really just happened. And I feel like this is the craziest quote-unquote merger ever in sports. This is essentially the Saudi government taking over golf. They've acquired basically a controlling stake in the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Basically, they bought golf, to put it simply. And this is another thing that I wanted to talk about is like, it's extremely morally challenging to now watch the PGA Tour knowing the Saudi government, which financed 9-11, which murdered Jamal Khashoggi, which commits atrocities every day, across their country over there doesn't allow women to drive like one of the worst places in the world well they that might be own good kayla can't drive <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah obviously you know there's there's some good things over there as well but no i'm just kidding but she doesn't she doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> she that's might be the, listening to me now yeah god help you if so <laughs> but that's the point that. i'm trying to make is like there has to be a line right like Everybody's been saying this on Twitter. Everybody who, you know, follows the game of golf has been saying this. There has to be a line where you say, hey, this is too much. Like, if the Saudi royal family bought, say, the NFL for $80 billion and they were like, hey, we're going to make all the games free on broadcast. Nobody has to pay for Sunday ticket. It's just going to be broadcast for free. This is great. 
there has to be a line, right? Where people say, oh, you know, you just threw us a financial lifeline. I don't think there is. That's great. But that's the thing is like, there's not. Am I wrong? (laughs) I think, honestly, when I saw the news, honestly, like, I was like, oh, this is great. Because, like, I don't, all I care about is like all the great golfers being upon one course, one tournament. Like, this splitting them up all over sucks. Like, did I understand when I read it that like it was all going to be controlled by the Saudis? No, I didn't. I only read the little notification that popped up on my phone. <laughs> um, I just find it interesting, like how, like why, like the PGA must have been like really struggling for money. Like mm-hmm. they must have known, like this is over. Like, like, like honestly, the Saudis must have just said, "Dude, we're throwing like just unlimited cash," and like mm-hmm. the PGA is like. Knew must have known like it's only a ticking time bomb before this is over, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like I just like obviously what the Saudis are doing like yeah of course like terrible, but like I don't know I just Coward talked about it on his show and like he was just like I can't keep up with all these things like I'm not supposed to support right they're like yeah are these people questionable sure but like do you have an iPhone I'm like yeah he's like. Do you think that's made with the most wonderful, like, morals in the history of the world? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, what shoes do you wear? I'm like, I can't. He's like, I can't. I'm like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm like, doesn't the, don't we get oil there? Like, doesn't my car have oil, like, from there? I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I'm just like, I can't keep up with all this stuff. So then golf is like, well, we might as well do it. I don't matter. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if we all had morals, we wouldn't have people on the homeless street, homeless on the streets, but we don't. Because we live in this this wonderful spinning rock of sus called Earth, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just maybe I am just completely jab. Just like yeah, it's gonna happen. Like, it, I, everything it, just sucks. Exactly. That's the <laughs> overarching point here. Is this is a spinning rock of sus? That's a. I love that. <laughs> I say term. that all the time. Just just things are just like oh, we're just on this spinning rock of sus called Earth. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, we'll just rename the podcast to that at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so awesome. with that in mind, with the PGA Live merger, with Ev's experience with the Russell Wilson saga, with Joey's Golden Knights winning the cup and you know ripping his heart out, with the A's committing the ultimate sin of moving out of their home market, is it becoming impossible to separate sports from the real world, and in some cases politics, but the real world, money, the economy, the, you know, government. Is it becoming impossible for you as a sports fan to separate this given how much money's being poured into the sports world and, you know, is it ruining it for you or do you still believe in sports? I know the point you're going to make, Joey. We talked about this before the pod, but I want to make my point first. For me, there are levels And then we're just going to not let Evan talk. He's just going to sit there. Well, I think Evan is. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. You know why I'm here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. First time listener, still, still listener, not a caller anymore. (laughs) First time listener, also listening. We're definitely gonna. I think Evan is gonna side on the same side that I am. So I'll go first, then Joey, then Evan. I think there are levels to it where, for instance, the PGA Tour thing. I don't know if I can watch that product anymore. Colin Coward made this point last week that the Masters is owned by Augusta National. The USGA owns the U.S. Open. 
the Royal and Ancient Golf Club in St. Andrews owns the Open Championship. And the PGA Championship is owned by the PGA of America, which is like golf teachers. So those four events I can watch. Shout out to Michael Block. <laughs> Every one of these other events, I don't know if I can watch them anymore. I think that it's just a bridge too far. You know, the commissioner of the PGA, Jay Monahan essentially allied himself with the 9-11 families in a bid to try to put a stop to live. And then he just completely sold them out last week. Just completely, you know, I mean, one of the greatest acts of disrespect I've ever seen by signing that deal last week. Disgusting. And then pivoting over to the A's, same thing. I will no longer be a fan of not only the Oakland A's, or not only the A's once they move out of Oakland, but... I will no longer be a fan of baseball. I will no longer consume that product because Rob Manfred was complicit in it. So there are levels to this, you know. If, like Evan experienced the whole Russell Wilson thing, if, say, I had this iconic athlete, say the Vikings draft a quarterback next year who plays for us for 10 years, wins the Super Bowl, and then leaves the team and gets absolutely shit on by everybody on the way out. I can get over it. I think I would get over it fairly quickly because it's the NFL and the players switch teams so often. But there are levels to this. So for me, I am out on baseball permanently. The second that it no longer says Oakland on the front of that jersey, I am out on all golf tournaments that are owned now by this Saudi entity. I cannot watch that. There has to be a line somewhere. So uh, let's actually send it over to Evan first, and then we'll get Joey's counterpoint. So do you find yourself somewhere in that spectrum where you, Evan, feel like you need to draw a line in the sand? Or do you think because, you know, there's so few alternatives for, like, what the hell else are we going to do with our time that you'll still, com- you know, consume as many sports products as you can or as, as many as you normally would? Well, I I think... Like you said, there's levels to it. And for me, to an extent, yeah, I think there will be times like with the A's. Once they once they leave Oakland, I'm done. Like I can't I can't consume A's baseball anymore because it's only Oakland days for me. Um, anything less than that would be a travesty and I can't do that. And you know, I, I've had friends ask, like, Oh, if the A's move, are you gonna find another team? No. Like that's that's just that's a non starter for me. So I can't mm-hmm. see myself following baseball anymore. That being said, be, just because of how big of a sports fan I am, if there's something on TV, if there's a World Series three years down the road, the A's have already moved out, and there's you know some let's say Shohei Otani's in the the, the World Series, probably gonna tune in and watch it because mm-hmm. it, there's only so much that you can do. Like you said, there's only if it's there's not much else to do outside of sports. I'm gonna probably <laughs> inevitably default to watching sports again. But like it, it definitely is hard though, because like like we we're saying, we've been saying this whole time. I don't want to talk about A's ownership. I don't want to talk about you know the what happens you know to nine eleven families and how the hell does that relate to golf? Like it, it's just yeah, right. Like I'm I watch sports. <laughs> I'm escape. sorry. I just picture I just pictured like the commentator for golf being like one thirty six out. I think he's going with the pitching wedge. See how close he gets it, like that plane in the fucking nine eleven. <laughs> how close does he hit it? This one, and it is down, just like the tower. Oh my <laughs> god! It's just, it's uh. just, that's what I'm saying. That's what Evan's saying. It's like we don't want to talk about this, right? No, no I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. But we have to joke about because it's just fucking ridiculous. Like, right. like, but. 
it's just the reality of being a sports fan, it seems, nowadays. Not that it's always, you know, in hunky-dory with sports, but it just seems like there's just an avalanche of bullshit going on with all of our favorite sports teams and leagues and everything. But, yeah, I, I mean, in a few years from now, I'm probably inevitably going to default back to it because that's all I've ever known is watching sports. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard. Like, in, in the here and now, I'm, I'm pissed. I don't want to watch... You know, when the A's move to Vegas, I'm done with baseball or whatnot. But again, you know, all it's going to take is, you know, oh, look, Tiger Woods has made his 28th comeback. He broke seven, he mentioned breaks like for the seventh time, and now he's back in the Masters again. <laughs> like, okay, I'll probably watch that. Like, it's it's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can still have my grudges about it, but I don't see myself keeping away from sports entirely. I'm going to have to watch. Right, and I think Joey is very much in that boat, but your point is basically I, there's nothing else to do for you because this is all you've done your whole life. <laughs> that's that's part of it. I will say maybe maybe pleasantly surprised, but whether it's due to just me getting older, you know, you get your priorities change in life. You know, I always looked at my dad, as I'm sure you guys did. Like, you know, when we're younger, your team loses. Like, I mean, I've... Broke, I've punched a hole in a wall. I've snapped something. I've ripped a shirt in half. I've done. And then you look at, like, I look at my dad. He'll be like, he's like, I don't have the, like, I just don't have the emotion. He's like, I just, I'm like, do you care? Like, what? you say you're a big fan, but, like, I just see you sit there and you just change the channel. Like, you just, how can you take it that well? And he's like, I don't. I'm just 65 years old. I've seen it for 65 years. And it's like, I've, I've never seen the Sharks win, like, whatever. I know he was alive. For the, he's just like, it. He's like, I have a super stressful job at work. He's like, I'm raising your fat ass like at home. Like <laughs> I got other, he's like, I got other things to worry about. And I'm like, I always told myself I'm never going to be that guy. But like, I feel like it's naturally just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I remember I used to be a huge, I mean, I was a huge A's fan and, and I even loved basketball. I was, you know, younger and then I stopped playing it. And then like, you know, you just, you just don't, you just as crazy as it is, if you have like, a somewhat well, well-rounded life. You just don't have a time unless it's your job to watch everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm sure we were all doing. Like I didn't miss a game, didn't miss a game for like every sport. Kayla would always say like, when, when's the off season? And it's like, doesn't feel like there is one. Like it's just the next sport. <laughs> and like now, like, you know, with just my feelings towards baseball, have just declined significantly over the last, you know, years just because of the A's and the sport itself. Um, like I don't watch anything during the summer, like really other than maybe like, you know, I'll watch the NHL draft in a couple of weeks and, and then it's just nothing. But yeah, I mean, I, I, but the, just to answer the original question, there's probably nothing I would like not watch as like a protest type thing. Like there's, there's nothing anyone can do to sports that makes me not watch it. Like if I, I mean, I always told people like they could hold up a sign that says like, I want Joey more murdered and I'd probably still watch. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I like, you know, I don't like, cause where, where else like you we keep putting this, like it's a sports problem and it's like, what, what other thing could you do that doesn't have these things? Like what, like you want to be interested in movies, right? Okay. Well, they don't make my favorite movies anymore because everything would be canceled immediately because I used to love like funny rated R comedies. Well, they don't make them anymore. And it's like, okay, let's go out to eat. Well, COVID happened and like your food is never right. It's super overpriced 
And it's like, what do you do? Like, what do you like? You might as well do what you like because there's nothing you can do that's going to be completely removed from crap. Like, oh, this, you know, we got sus workers and and sus ownership. And like, I feel like you could put that for like anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't unless you want to go fishing on a boat like you and and the way the wind blows that day, which <laughs> honestly, the more I get older, sounds like heaven. Like just me. <laughs> Like in a fridge and like a sandwich in the middle of nowhere talking to nobody like sounds it's like great. Stanley from the office saying, I would love to get in a lighthouse and then press a button to fire that lighthouse into space. <laughs> like I'm like, I get it now. Like I would love to just be alone doing nothing. <laughs> like it's, it's like Kayla office has... space realized my dream of doing nothing. <laughs> oh, that is, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> No, but it's like, I mean, Kayla, I don't know about you, you guys, like, uh, for Jamie and, and when, and I'm sorry, I forgot Laura. your girlfriend's name. Hope you're still with her. Cause if not, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> we're still together. <laughs> good. Um, I won't have to cut that from the podcast. Uh, oh, you broke up with the other one, Evan. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I cut that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, she's, like, you know, like, you watch a lot of shit, like, basically, like, without telling me, like, you need to change. And, like, I kind of just did. I just, all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I just don't watch as much as I used to. Mostly because the sharks suck ass. I don't I don't have to watch them play Columbus on a Tuesday night at 4 o'clock <laughs> our time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially, obviously, in the next couple months, I'll be completely sidetracked but i find it kind of poetic that this kid is going to be born in the like late july early august and there's just nothing going on <laughs> that's exactly it's how you like, planned it out like what if, what if he was like born on super bowl and he was like oh, i just i want to do something for my birthday i'm like today's not a good day it's <laughs> not a good day I remember my mom would get shafted all the time with me and my dad watching like hockey her birthday and mother's day were like two weeks apart I'm just like, there's one. There was one year we went to playoff games, both her birthday and and, and Mother's Day, oh, like just no. me and my dad. <laughs> oh, devastating! Like, and then the worst part is, I they they lost. Like you come home and she's like, oh, like it's my birthday, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Just <laughs> shut the hell up. Like when I had my uh, birthday party on the day that uh, Seahawks decided not to run the ball to march on Lynch to the Super Bowl. That uh, uh, yeah. Yikes. Evan's February birthday has been twice ruined uh, when they played the Steelers and when they played the Patriots, but at least you had a nice birthday. Wait, when they your the birthday Rumble. was on Tuesday? Like, actually, I know they flipped the Super Bowl day. Like, mm. his birthday's was, February so the, 1st. Yeah. We, so both Super Bowls, the Seattle, like Pittsburgh, were on February 1st? I don't remember if they were both. Or did you just celebrate them? We, that day? we celebrate. I, the Steelers one we oh, okay. celebrated because we all, it was the first time any of our teams had been to a championship. And we went to a Mexican restaurant in Fremont with all my friends and watched them proceed to get their asses kicked. And the refs have the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> and I think that was the last Super Bowl I didn't watch. The only thing I remember about that <laughs> is I didn't do like, I didn't read this book I had to read for school. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, like. No, like this is not an open book test or something the next day. I think this was like, this must have been like fifth grade or something. I read the entire book, Super Bowl Sunday. 
I would have rather you sat in my room. I would have rather done a book report that day than watch my Seahawks get their ass kicked by <laughs> fucking was it Antonio Randall L throwing a goddamn touchdown of all people. Yeah, fast Willie Parker. God. What what a shit show. I always remember everyone coming into the bathroom to cheer me up while I was just trying to take a piss in the urinal, thinking that I was crying <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> Memories. Uh, <laughs> yes, good old La Pinata. Okay. I, I still haven't been establishment. back. No, we can't Never go cares. back. It's we used to go there all the time until they charged my mom like three times for one meal. Like at the same charge and that was like a whole ordeal. And then like my mom was like, I'm never going back. Like, <laughs> Devastating. Okay. Yeah. The four, I hated uh, Mexican food at the time. Now I'm like it's just a humongous fan. It's been a... Yeah, Joey's made a great transformation. It's one, of, it's, one of the big, it's one of the bigger changes in my life recently. <laughs> like I used to like hate Mexican food. Just It is all just a bunch of mush to me. But then like a couple times like people were having like street tacos. And I just think those are like, oh my God. It was a, uh, it was her cousin Jake's graduation like last week or something, and they hired hired street taco vendor for the to do it. Mm-hmm. I had sixteen tacos. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've ever had more than five or six. Oh, I don't once. even know how that's possible. I was like eating four at a time. Oh my god! <laughs> that's incredible. Like, I, I had like tw- I, I had twelve, like literally twelve, like, and then like they did their three hours of cooking and then they like give them all the leftovers that they have out like for the thing. And I like, I went back later and made four. So I had just, uh... <laughs> Oh, what an epic performance. We stand the, the toilet right all night. Yes. <laughs> we expect nothing less from Joey. Uh, that's a good spot to pivot over to Joey's Jack in the bum of the week. Obviously, I don't know if we've ever had more truly like, villainous candidates than we do always it's like when Jacoby Myers made that bonehead play or you know some quarterback had an awful game or you know Tom Brady waffled about retirement like we have actual villains for you this week so uh just some that came off the top of my head PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan, John Fisher uh your hated Golden Knights uh, the Florida Panthers, who really didn't put up any kind of fight in that series against uh, against the Knights. And then one final candidate I wanted to throw in there, the entire fucking city of Las Vegas. <laughs> Fuck that place. I I can't. I, I couldn't pick them. I, I, well, I love, I love but, Las Vegas. Who, <laughs> I used to love going there, but man, it's like, God, I fucking hate those people now. Like everything about them. I'm sorry. But who are you going with for your your Jack in the Bum of the Week on this momentous week? Yeah, Jack in the could be Jack in the Bum of the forever. Um, but I got to go with uh, Ace President Dave Cavill. Yes. No specific reason. I mean, you could have a specific reason, but um, just seems like a just a punchable face. Just like you just see his face and. I don't know. Like things have just things have just gone so downhill ever since he came here. Like I remember when he was hired, you know, earthquakes guy, and I was like, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a stadium built. Like this guy's business. And then I mean, I guess I could have gone with John Fisher because he probably is the head of the snake for this thing. Like Dave Cavill's probably just his talking voice for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I I saw the thing. The, the Nevada thing that you called into, I didn't see, like, 
your part. But I saw the part where that dude was like asking the same question like four times. Like, yes or no? Are you guys going to be responsible for this money? Whatever it was. And he's like, we agreed to be a supportive partner in a wonderful relationship between the A's and the city. And, and the guy was like, I just find that so disingenuous because I asked you like four times yes or no answer and you won't commit to this money. So like, whatever. And I was like, oh, wow, this could like blow up. And then the next day you were like, uh, it passed. It went through. Uh, but yeah, Dave, thanks for nothing. Absolutely nothing. An absolute liar. He lied to all of our faces. I know. I mean, I met. Remember his office hours? Those were cool. I oh, went yeah. to one of his office hours and I talked to him and I, I mean, in hindsight, I. I can't all... believe I went to an A's fan fest years ago and got him to sign the sweet spot of a ball. Oh, man. This guy, I mean, he conned all of us from the beginning. I know he tried to talk us into, I mean, even, I mean, 2018, 2019, with A's access and with all these initiatives, he was trying to spearhead and trying to get a new stadium first at the Peralta College site and then at Howard Terminal. We all thought for a limited amount of time, about an 18-month stretch there, that he was the real deal and that this new great era of A's baseball was coming. But... The 2019 wildcard game where 54,000 fans were there at the Coliseum, that was it. That was the last great moment in Oakland because from then on, Cavill and was that against Tampa? Was just the sinking ship. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thank you, Dave Cavill. Thank you, John Fisher. Oh, T-ball location. Oof. I did see um, yesterday someone at the, the A's game brought a Dave Cavill bobblehead that they made. So kind of going along with the punchable face. Thing. Like a pinata? Yeah. Like a I, I, like pinata. I would pay I would pay really good money to have a Dave Cavill pinata just smack the living shit out of it. Oh yeah. I mean that would be tremendous. We could That's find somebody. Yesterday yesterday fabricate. yesterday was impressive for the A's. Like not the team. I mean they won seven in a row, but the fans, because I, I kept thinking, I'm like, how the hell? I mean, I know it's a reverse pro, like, I know probably organize all this, but I'm still like, I've been like, uh, it's a long drive. Like, <laughs> uh, like, was it free parking? Are they still doing free parking Tuesdays? Oh, God, no, hell no. 30 bucks. Hell no. <laughs> the, the whole I thought maybe was... that's why it was a Tuesday. I guess not. No, the whole thing. And it's is... like, what are you going to do? Take Bart and get murdered or like peed on? <laughs> that was the like, whole point of what. Fisher and Cavill were doing in 2022 and this year is they pulled staff out of the stadium so the place is horribly understaffed. <laughs> you you can't. That was get... always the funniest thing. They're like, we. I I keep reading on like you you'll be at a game. You read on Twitter tonight's attendance six thousand people, and I'm like, why is there still a line for a hot dog? <laughs> That's the thing. Like, why does it still seem like? Crowded. Fisher and Cavill purposely did that. They have so few ticket takers, so few uh, staff everywhere throughout the Coliseum so that you can't even get into the game. Dad, my dad and Evan went to opening day and they couldn't even get into like the fourth inning because anytime they have more than like 3,000 fans, you can't get into the game because there's nobody there to like scan your barcode so that you can go in. And then once you go in, if you go get in line for like a beer and a hot dog, it's going to be the seventh inning before you get back to your seat. Like they are purposely doing this so that nobody goes to the games. 
It's an absolute travesty and uh, yet another reason why Dave Cavill wins Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week, maybe the Jack and the Bum of the decade. Still waiting on a Jack in the Box sponsor. Yeah, just put st- there, Jack in the Box. Been almost a year. We, we haven't heard back from him. Hopefully we hear back from him soon. Now that you're Mexican uh, food. I, I just was about to say that. I might be like, what, like you know? I don't, I don't know. Jack in the Jack in the Bum. I don't know. I have to think of a place. El Pollo Loco of the Week. I don't know. We'll... we'll <laughs> We'll have to find something. Um, so this is typically the part of the podcast where we do my You Like That Picks of the Week. Obviously, there's no not, not much to bet on right now. So we're going to take a quick look at the schedules for the 49ers, Vikings, and Seahawks uh, and just kind of dissect where we think our teams are going this year after the schedule release. So in between our last pod and this pod, the NFL finally dropped their schedule. Um, I'll start with the Vikings. I looked at our schedule and I thought, hey, it's literally the easiest game on our schedule in week one and then the most difficult game on our schedule in week two. I'll take it. Week one at home against Tampa and then week two at Philly. So I'm hoping that's a standard one and one start. Um, after that, you know, we have a very tough game um, at home against Kansas City in week five and then obviously the Niners game uh, on Monday Night Football in week seven. Uh, but a relatively easy stretch after that Niner game. I'm thinking we're going to be somewhere in the nine and four, eight and five range at the bye, um, and then looking at how we end the season, we end the season Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. So we play the Lions, who are probably going to be the favorite to win the division uh, two times in the last three weeks, and then sandwich that with a game against Green Bay uh, on Sunday Night Football in Week 17. So I'm thinking, you know, ten and seven ish. Um, as long as everybody stays healthy after looking at that schedule. And really, even if we you know, come out to a flying start or if we suck at the beginning of the year, it's not going to be over because there's three division games, probably against the two teams who are competing with us for the division title in the final three weeks. So when I saw the schedule drop, the first thing that comes to mind is we start easy, then we go to Philly, and then we end the season with divisional games. Um, Ev, you, you took a look at the Seahawks schedule when it came out and you said, hey, little soft at the beginning, tough in the middle and soft at the end. Where do you see the Seahawks heading into next season uh, after you saw the schedule release? I just, if I had to say, I would say they're probably going to be a little bit similar to last year. I see them as a maybe a 10-win team, 9-win team. Like you were saying, they start the season off pretty easily, but then they have one stretch of games that could make or break them because they're they're going against Niners on Thanksgiving and the Cowboys, um, which I think is going to be a Thursday night game. Yeah. And the Niners again, and then the Eagles, all in four. Those are maybe the three best teams in the NFC, and they're playing them four times. And it's just it's going to be a really rough stretch there. But they ended with the Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. I don't really believe in the Titans anymore. Cardinals are running joke at this point. I. <laughs> think as long as they can get through maybe those first they have their bye week um i think week five five. yeah so if they can get through the first four games with a three win record and then enter it looks like it's week 12 when they when they're uh, Mm. gonna have that horrible they can get to week 12 having lost only three to four games by that point i think that they're going to be maybe a contender to win the division. I still think the Niners mm-hmm. are probably the team to beat, but I think if they can get to that stretch with maybe just three losses or four losses, they can make a run at the division. 
if they choke some of those games and then they enter that stretch, this could go haywire. But I'm thinking they're probably going to be a 10 win team, 10 11. And I think in my discussions with both you and Joey, since you're both teams in the NFC West, you both seem to think obviously Arizona is going to be awful. But there seems to be, and Joey, you can talk to this, kind of a consensus that the Rams are going to suck again next year, despite... I think they're going to suck ass. <laughs> despite <laughs> maintaining McVay, they, they, they retained McVay, they have Matthew Stafford back, who they say is probably going to play, even though he has supposed okay, elbow he'll issues. he'll play maybe a couple games. I just don't think he'll stay healthy. <laughs> so you're, you're both banking on the Rams sucking and it being... I think the Rams are better than Arizona. I agree. Maybe by a game. But I think Arizona might go two and fifteen, if so, that. So looking at the Niners' schedule, uh, what were your big takeaways? Uh, they should get off to a good start. I know Pittsburgh. They start in Pittsburgh. They they're that'll be tough. Especially, I mean, we started in Chicago last year. I know it was a monsoon, but we lost to Chicago. <laughs> uh, so anything happens week one, but I think then I just talked about it at LA win. And then come home to play the Giants. That's a Thursday night home opener. That's weird. Win. Then they play Arizona at home. Win. Then they play Dallas at home. So three straight home games. But I mean, I'm not going to put a clear W against Dallas. I mean, they. I mean, I think Dallas is going to be really good. Um. And then they get at Cleveland, at Minnesota. Um. Probably at least go one and one, and then they hit. What I think is going to be the t- they go Cincinnati at home at Jacksonville, then they come home to beat the shit out of Tampa, <laughs> and then they go at Seattle at Philly, then home against Seattle. So those same three stretch you had, Evan, with Seattle, like with us, and then in the middle you had who'd you have? Cowboys. Yeah, you had Dallas. So we have Philly, and it's like okay, yeah, that's it. And then you f- play Arizona after that, and. I mean, it's definitely a tougher schedule. I mean, that's crazy things. You never know. I mean, like, what if one of these quarter, like, what if Joe Burrow gets hurt? I don't know. That's why I hate doing these. Like, how many wins do you think you're going to get? But I mean, I, I mean, at least twelve and five. So that I'm not going to. I'd say twelve and five, like thirteen and four. I don't think anything better than thirteen and four. At least twelve like, and five. I heard that as we are going to have at least twelve wins, and that must mean you're pretty confident in the quarterback situation. Yeah. Oh yeah, whoever it is, other than Trey. Although, did you read? I read today that uh, that uh, the potential Lance and a fourth to uh, Minnesota for uh, Daniel Hunter. Oh. I, if that was it, I'd I'd drive him there myself. Is he in a limo? <laughs> Do you want to take my Chevy Cobalt? Probably too big for my car, but <laughs> I don't know. I might entertain that because the Hunter's leaving one way or another, and getting his cap hit off the books might if we had that guy on the opposite of nick nick bosa and javon hargrave and then god if javon kindle ever stood on his two knees without snapping one of them <laughs> doing anything armstead i'd be like there we go so you after looking at the schedule we're thinking at least 12 and 5 ev's thinking nine or uh, 10 wins for the seahawks i'm thinking around nine or 10 wins for the vikings 
I did one of those websites where you just basically predict every game. You start in week one, you go through week 18. And some takeaways I had from my simulation that I did was I have Baltimore going 13 and 4, which I was surprised by. I probably thought they would go 9 and 8 or 10 and 7. But as I simmed through their schedule, they actually, because they stank last year um, with the Jackson injury, they actually have a much easier schedule than I thought. So I think they're a contender to surprise, you know, at 13 and 4. I had the Chargers missing the playoffs. They're going to enter next season as for the millionth year in a row. Everybody's, you know, dark horse pick to contend. I just think they have no home field advantage. I think Herbert is slightly overrated, and I have them missing the playoffs. And then this one was kind of nuts. So as you're going through each game and you go, okay, this team at this team, ah, I'll give this team the win. This team at this team, oh, I'll give this team the win. Washington went 2-15 and 15 in my sim, so I'm definitely going to be fading them. I faded them last year, which was a big mistake. But I, their uh, over-under win total set at 7.5. I feel like i got to hammer that under 7.5 if I have them going 2-15, yeah. and 15, so... Uh, those kind of jumped out at me. Evan, do you have any picks uh, that you think might, you know, be better or worse than expectation after looking at the schedule and after, you know, now we've been well after the draft? My biggest pick, which I, it seems like it's actually becoming more of a trendy pick now, is I think the Lions are legit contender. I think they... they oh, they, hell yeah. Yeah, I think they... <laughs> Look, Dan Campbell biting people's kneecaps off and everything. Like he's he's got them. I'm going. an honorary Lions fan. Last year, Hard Knocks was great. <laughs> that week, 18, I guess it would have been against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Oh, if we're not going to the playoffs, then they're not either. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. that's what got the Seahawks into the playoffs. So I'm an honor. I will forever be an honorary Lions fan for that. Yeah, but yeah, with Eric's like super. This is just gets more fun. <laughs> I thought when Rogers left, we'd be right there, and then. I, just, I mean, I don't know. Like, you guys, I know this is they very to... much a very, very much a body language podcast. I know that's very mm-hmm. important to you guys. Oh, you do listen. I, I do. I... <laughs> we do have a listener. You do. I've, I, I am a longtime listener, first time caller. You know, hopefully, it'll be a caller again someday. But you know, I don't want to sully <laughs> the podcast too much. But the. Like, try to find a coach with better body language than Dan Campbell. Yeah. Like, that's a guy that I think every player on the team wants to run through a wall for. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to run through a wall for him, and I don't want to get off the couch. <laughs> I want to run through I a wall like for him. I want to run to the fridge. He's running to the fridge for Dan Campbell. He's the <laughs> NFC version of, like, Mike Tomlin, where it's like, very clear that the players no matter who the players are like it could be the backup long snapper of the starting quarterback they are like this is my guy mm-hmm. yeah he's I, so I'm, i think I'm dan campbell is way less of a meathead than he kind of comes off as like i just or maybe really it really is brian johnson all the offensive stuff the uh i think i got his name right Might yeah have? offensive coordinator yeah uh yeah no they're good so Ev says, Ev says Detroit as definitely a pick to do really well. And then obviously we heard, you know, you're definitely fading both the Rams and the Cardinals uh, next year. Obviously they're not expected to be great, but they're going to be Joey. And, yeah, they think, I mean, they're thinking five wins or less. Uh, Joey, anybody you're picking to be a surprise next year? Well, since Evan went with a good surprise and since I just hate people having fun, um, 
I actually think Buffalo is going to kind of like come back to earth. And this has nothing to do with like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets because I still think they miss the playoffs. Um, Me too. I I just – maybe I just like saw Stephon Diggs just didn't want to go to practice yesterday and was like uh, four wins. But I, I don't know. I just think – I'm not going to say they missed their window, but like I – they're. Like, it's going to be, again, it's, as much as I think Mac Jones sucks, and I think the Patriots suck, like, <laughs> it's going to be hard to beat Belichick twice. I, maybe it's not anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, are they going to beat the Jets twice? Are they going to beat Miami twice? Are they going to beat the Bengals? Are they going to beat the Chiefs? Like, they have a play the first place schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to beat the Jaguars? Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel they like play last the year. the Seahawks, too. <laughs> I feel like, do they? Oh no! I'm, I thought uh, that's the Bengals. My fault. You're talking about. The oh Bengals. no! No! Yeah, yeah. The Bengals. We play the Bengals. Buffalo. Um, yeah, I just I think last year with the Bengals at home was a kind of a kick in the dick. Like they lost, but like they were like I mean they were first time like I I feel like they were almost like unanimous like they're winning the Super Bowl like yeah week one, and then like they went backwards. It felt like. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that whole, like, we deserve a ban or two. We lost to the Chiefs in overtime, you know, the year before in Kansas City. And everyone's like, oh, it's their time. And then the Bengals were, like, curb stomped them mm-hmm. in the snow in, in their Buffalo. stadium. Yeah. And, you know, guys get paid more. Guys, like, they, they lost more guys. You know, I don't know. I, I think they're going to come back to earth a mm-hmm. bit. And, yeah, my other thing was the Jets. This whole, like, I mean, Rogers sounds like he's having a good old time. I just don't have cool. You're gonna go nine and eight, probably, <laughs> with a good defense and miss the playoffs. Yeah, in my sim, I had Buffalo ten and seven. Because hot take might be schedule. Packers finish better record than the Jets. Okay, Ooh, that's a I good like one. That. I like that. I, I I obviously I don't want that to happen, but I kind of do like that. I think uh, Lafleur is definitely gonna want to stick it to Rodgers this year. I think if he can drag that, I'm carcass. interested to see what he does without Rodgers being like, I hate this play. Call something else. <laughs> I mean, I think Jordan Love is atrocious, but I think LaFleur is actually a really good coach, so we'll see how that goes. That would be crazy if they finished like 9-8 and eight and the Jets finished 7-10 and 10 after all that. Would have big Russell Wilson to the Broncos vibes where, the, you know, this franchise icon goes elsewhere and the team send, does send, If, uh, if uh, Jordan Love struggles, send Zach Wilson to the Packers and watch them finish the better record. Oh, my <laughs> God. Now that is a great idea. Um, so let's close the pod. We'll do your feels great, baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently. Joey, every time we throw this one over to you, you come up with something crazy. It's usually like, I think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl after like week two, or I think, you know, this team is going to miss the playoffs, even though they were minus 800 to make the playoffs to start the season this week for the feels great baby segment. You're going way off topic. It might be the best one yet. What Joey's feels great, baby. Of the week, of the month, of the offseason? Nothing. Nothing. I don't feel great about anything. Like I said, this is one big spinning rock of sus that we're on called Planet Earth. Shit, I was on I was on the internet the other day, or just on YouTube. Apparently things things are dropping down in Vegas from the sky. We don't know. It's just freaking weird, man. I don't know. Let me go watch sports. Oh, your team moves. Um, oh, I'll go you know, play some golf. One, I suck. Number two, oh, yeah, golf. Sus. Um, <laughs> oh. Hockey, basketball, over. Vegas wins. Uh, nothing. 
I don't feel good about anything. Everything you go to dinner, everything so damn expensive. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna add the birth of my child because he might listen and be like, "Wow, he thought that was terrible." <laughs> um, <laughs> no, don't feel good about anything. I feel good about. I feel good about getting let down in the future, sports-wise. <laughs> I feel really good. I would hammer that. Go to oh, Vegas, yeah. hammer me getting my feelings hurt about something. Minus 10,000, but you still lay the bet. You just have to. <laughs> I was t- I was talking to my dad last time I saw him. I forgot when it was. I was like, so what happens if you just put $1,000 on the A's to lose every game this season? Like, how do you not come out with money? And then, like, since then they've gone on a seven-game winning streak. But I was just like, maybe I can get something out of this. Like, what if I just put a 1000 I mean, at the time, I think they were like 11 and 40-something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the odds must be like A's. Oh, yeah. a thousand. Every game, they're always like plus 270 to like plus 400. Uh, so if you've bet on them the last seven games, you've been very profitable. But one of the worst teams to bet on in the history of sports. Um, so, yeah, there's your feels great baby of the week. He feels good about nothing. And I kind of echo that sentiment. Um, so I now feel that we about taking up a fishing trip, maybe like camping, like I said, just, just be out in the wilderness and be, do one, be one with the yeah. earth. See, they can't start take growing, that from Start you. growing your own food, Dave, you know, in the backyard. Dave Cavill can't hurt you in the woods. <laughs> but we might be able to hurt Dave Cavill in the woods. Hopefully we don't get sued for libel. I, the only person one. I'd be hurting in the woods would be myself. I, I wouldn't last. <laughs> be like, I have, they don't have Dr. Pepper in the woods? What? What am I supposed to drink? Yeah. Exactly. So we've got Evan on the pod. We have to introduce this new segment. So Evan is a nurse. He just started working uh, out in the field about two months ago, and we wanted to come up with a segment uh, with a nursing theme. <laughs> he... We were just talking about the woods. He works out in the field. I pictured Evan just like <laughs> standing out in looking field. for somebody to like with his uh, stethoscope around his neck. Like anyone? <laughs> is there anybody? Yeah, he's he's doing checkups on bears out in the middle of the woods. I'm just checking. He's looking for me. He's looking for me out there. (laughs) So we had to come up with a segment for Ev, and he came up with this tremendous idea. So there's something he wants to talk about that he just does not want to be in sports anymore. So, Ev, I will give you the floor here. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much, and I'm proud to introduce this this segment to this illustrious podcast. Uh, As a nurse, one of the things that we get from the if i'm an oncoming nurse the nurse who was working before and i get their patients they give us report of what our patients were going through and one of the first things they'll tell us is what the patient's code status is either their full code they're going into cardiac arrest you try to save them or do not resuscitate this is my dnr of the week because (laughs) there are some people in sports that deserve a dnr and I say that as a nurse, I'm supposed to care for patients, but there's some people that are beyond safe. And one of those, and I know we've all experienced this, are people on Instagram, Twitter, etc., who make these meme accounts. You've seen the Skip Bayless <laughs> burner accounts, the mm-hmm. Kenny Pickettsburg is the goat accounts. All these people that go online, make these burner accounts, and then just proceed to shit on every single tweet of every single team known to man. Like yesterday, I was watching. Uh, it's, 
all these fuel Dude, stories. I guess I gotta delete all my accounts that I made. I fucking in my spare it. time. <laughs> <laughs> I I am Danny Healy 09. I'm all star Danny Healy. That's me. I, I fucking knew it. it. Like yesterday, all these positive vibes about that the A's game, the reverse boycott, seeing all these great things. Like, listen to how great the crowd is, and they're all saying, "Sell the team, sell the team." Hey, look under. And every single one of these tweets, there's some dipshit named, like, Pickettsburg going, like, lol, go to Vegas. <laughs> or there's some... I feel like, it. <laughs> it's, it's just so annoying. Let me have my fucking moment. <laughs> like, it's so annoying. Having... They'll post, like, a robot with, like, its eyes burning and it says, you yeah. just lost to, you know, insert yeah. team here. It's like, it's like yeah. what? I've seen yeah. ones that said the Sharks all year. You just yeah. lost to the Sharks. <laughs> It's fucking Astros fans are all over that shit too every time. Ugh. Oh my god! But that's that's if if they're in the hospital, and I find out okay this you know Joshmo that's this is you know Jose Altuve goaded for life on Instagram that's been <laughs> leaving all these red eyed memes on every A's tweet. You know, I may I may have to look at a DNR for them. I don't think they're, they're, they're beyond. <laughs> See, I I assumed all those people were like I, like I assumed that that was some sort of bot. I just like, who has this much time? Oh, they're they're out there. There's, like yeah. I know there's this guy who, you know, you know when I was on a Twitter machine that who used to comment was the first commenter because sharks don't get very many. Oh, Every I time know the he... sharks posted the final score. It was named like Brandon log or something. Log. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> who you were talking about. I'm just like, dude, like I'm mad too. Like I'm bitter about this team, but like, damn, do you have this much time and like effort? Like, like, like this every dude time would tweet like, a thousand times a day, like trade fucking. I just like, I'm like, <laughs> so every time I'd see it, I'm like, there's Brand Brandon, whatever you're, if I was like, you can't be I'm like, you gotta be a bot. Like, there's no way you log on every time. No way. They're out and I'm there. Like, I guess he yeah. does. This this is what these does. people do. It's absolutely disgusting behavior. Uh, we see it basically everywhere. I obviously every time I see a slightly controversial sports tweet, you click on the tweet because you have to see the comments and you want to see something funny. But a lot of the time, the majority of what you see is tweets like that. And these people, by the way, they also pay like services to like their tweets for them mm. so that they get moved to the top so that everybody has to see like that guy three really? year letterman or whatever. Is that real? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like really? Mm. I paid for followers all for chronological my, order. I paid for every followers time. for my company's Like I uh, thought this Instagram guy was just account. the first one every time. Like do you get notified every time the sharks tweet something just so you could com- <laughs> come on and post like I hate all of you, you suck ass. No, that's you can do it. There's tons of websites that you just go, you Venmo them like a hundred bucks. Yeah, above ground being. When I was just launching the social media accounts for my company I work for, uh, I I told my boss, "Hey, give me like five hundred bucks, and I can get these to like two thousand or five thousand followers, just to get it off the ground so that people see it's reputable or whatever." And you literally pay the money, and within ten minutes, it's like all these accounts from like India and China follow it. And boom, you're at 5,000. Wow. And I'm like, that's I, what I these read people some, are doing. I read something that like celebrities, some of them do that. And I was like, okay, well, you're celebrities. Like you're, most of you come with no substance whatsoever anyway. <laughs> but then like these regular people, like 
so sad. Yeah. Devastating. So that's Evans. I mean, DNR. I guess if it works, I guess if you pay enough <laughs> and it works and you land some sort of Jack in the bum with a weak deal with Jack in the box, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe it works. But if you're this Brandon Quinlog, I, probably listening to our podcast and it's like I'm just I hate this guy. Guess what? I don't have a Twitter, you can't at me. So <laughs> Joey's officially off all social media, which that may be the way to go here sometime in the in the near future for me. I'm so, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I wouldn't say I'm I'm hap, I'm happy person because I just hate my job more than anything on earth right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's made me happier. Oh, it's way less because it, oh my god, if I was on Twitter last night with all the Vegas people I know that I kind of like will search because I love to watch them when they lose, like all the post game shows and stuff. And I'm like, well, I haven't watched like in. If I was watching last night, boy, I probably would have been. I probably would have been Glenn Kuiper. Probably would have said <laughs> and, like all these words, all of them. Would have said all of them. Uh, there have been, been so many museums being built in that tweet. Oh my god. Gotta keep you out uh, of Kansas City booth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Keep you away from Castellanos. Devastating uh week in sports. There's Evans DNR of the week. Bot accounts that just tweet ridiculous shit at all these teams. Um so let's close the pod. Uh Joey, anything you want to talk about as you're coming up on fatherhood? You're six or seven weeks away. Obviously, I mean, you you were a little bit late for the pod tonight because you had to do a big Costco run. A lot of that coming up in your future, huh? Yeah, except more because uh, I, I wish we all the money we spent was for something like, you know, future baby. But no, it's just my fat ass and like paper <laughs> towels and like Windex. Oh, yeah. And like a couple of rotisserie chickens. No, I know her her baby shower is coming up and and uh, yeah, it's uh, she definitely like. It was like, she's pregnant. It's like, okay, you're pregnant. And then even she was like, oh, I don't like look pregnant. I'm like, oh. and then all of a sudden, like one day it was like, damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. He's in there. <laughs> um, we go to appointments like every week, like ultrasounds and stuff. Like we went to one yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. And uh, you see him like open it and close his mouth. I'm like, that's, that's wild. Like I heard there was a baby in there. But, like, you see it, and it's like, oh, he's moving his lips and his arms. He's, like, sucking on his thumb. I'm like, I always thought babies were just, like, <laughs> until they're born. But they're like, no, like, they need they like, move, and, like, they got to be in a certain direction. They're like, oh, he's head down. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I guess it means, like, his head is closer to, like, where he's coming out. Um, right out of uh, the, things you the learn. poop shoot. <laughs> and uh and uh yeah um a lot of a lot of like real anxiety like mm-hmm. you, you so you you know that's what i mean like you know just like priorities change like you know i was wondering my like, dad like why do you look like you don't care anymore and he's like because i got like real shit i gotta worry about. and it's like i guess that's kind of what i feel like you know mm-hmm. oh it's like like younger me would have probably re like been even more upset than I am than watching like Vegas win, but like now it's like I probably would be more upset if I went to one of these like doctor appointments and they're like, yeah, this this kid is fucked. Like, <laughs> like, like when that when that doctor's like rubbing the ultrasound like over her stomach and you're just like, and you see it on the screen and you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. 
<laughs> like, is everything okay? And you see, like, colors flash. I'm like, oh, okay, what the hell is that? Like, what is that? And then they don't talk until they're finally done. They're like, okay, everything looks good. See you next week. And you're like, oh, God. Because, <laughs> like, like oh, we went God. to, like, like months ago, we went to the ones like, okay, here, here's the one we're counting every one of his uh, fingers and toes. Like, okay. And then we had, like, the neuro, the neuro one. They're like, okay, we're doing his brain. I'm like, oh, this is, like, this is kind of important. <laughs> like, this is more important than, like, what else I'd be doing. Like, if watch whatever game's potentially on. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. And then, like, every time Kayla, like, calls my name, I'm, like, assuming it's like, hey, I don't think he's breathing anymore. Like, in my oh, head, I'm like, God. in my head, I'm like, worse, I always go worst case scenario. I'm like. Like, today she did it, and it was like, oh, hey, what do you want for lunch? But she was like, hey, are you in a meeting? You come here? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, bad. <laughs> so bad. And then it's like, oh, we don't we don't have any food. You want to order something? It's like, oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it puts your sports anxiety into, into perspective for sure. But, you know, like, coming up to the birth, like, we've both been talking. She's like, you know, I know we kind of, like, joke about it but like this this guy's like actually gotta like i gotta birth this baby <laughs> i'm like i know that's kind of how this works you know you've been like kind of bugging me for a baby for a while but uh <laughs> like i thought you thought this point out like it does have to come out <laughs> like you don't just walk around with him for 18 years until he becomes I'm like he does leave your body <laughs> and uh she's like i know but like boy it's a tight squeeze like, he's a big guy. Like, and I'm, she's, like, she's like, he's pushing on my ribs. Like, if he pushes anymore, like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm like, great. So then, yeah, that uh, Good Doctor episode came on, and I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Just great. I think the podcast is going to take a major hit over the next uh, seven weeks as you get closer to that day. I think I'm going to have to find a temporary new co-host and uh, I think Evan's right at the top of the list. We'll, we'll have probably some rotating yeah, let's, guests. Let's have it on. Have the all start the time. Of the downfall. Yeah, we're gonna definitely have some rotating co-hosts as we go forward. See if we had more co-hosts, we could like maybe do like I'm not gonna push three a week, but like two a week. Mm-hmm. I heard Glenn Kuyper, Absolutely. especially when there's like football, football, <laughs> hockey, baseball. What, uh, did he, what did you say that, that made you laugh? What did you say? Evan said he heard Glenn Kuyper's available. Oh, what might a season! Why not? Might have to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> so that baby is gone. So what, uh, John? We Doe could all joke about you. We we could all joke about it, but we would get people to listen. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'm saying. He's going to make his triumphant return to sports media on this lowly podcast. Hey, hey, it's it's you know, a classy about, establishment. I'm, I'm I'm just you know we're all about good people. You know, I want Russell Wilson to like retabulate his image. We maybe we could do the same for Glenn Kuyper. Just a little. little uh, <laughs> Media rehab. Oh yeah, Johnny Manziel. We'll bring everybody on oh, here. Yeah. Anybody who needs, you know, a boost to their yeah, career. Johnny Football would be. Kayla was watching some show. Oh, she's watching that Selling Sunset on Netflix. Oh, Jamie. And this lady that. comes on, and she's like, they were all talking about her. She has a kid with uh, Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. and then she's just like, yeah, you know, talking about him. But I also was married to Johnny Manziel over here. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, Kayla, pause it. What? She was married to Johnny Football. She's like, who's Johnny Football? 
<laughs> and I'm like, only the whitest dude with the most just swag you've ever seen. <laughs> His name was Johnny Football, and he got away with it. Just that's all I got to say. Uh, we watched that episode as well, or she watched it, and I was there. I, I tend to zone oh, I watched out all of them. these things. She watched all so, of them. Binged it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, we have run a little bit over time, so we're going to call it there. Thank you to my brother Evan for joining us for this pod to discuss the state of sports, this devastating A's news. But um, we're going to try to remain positive. We're going to keep the pod going. Uh, We're definitely going to come back in a few weeks uh, as we get towards preseason football and start previewing all the divisions as we get into next year, make some picks for the season of who we think is going to win the Super Bowl, who's who's coming out of each division, what the playoffs are going to look like, MVP, all that stuff. We'll take a look at that uh, as we come together in the coming weeks uh, to prep for the 2023 NFL season and season two of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you.